we felt like it'd be good to do this. So thank you. Delight to have you with us, and we're going to have a good time together. So I want to talk about starting well to finish well. It's not a lot different than I talked about this morning, that we have to really help people understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's who we baptize. So we have to, we have to prepare them for the change of life they're considering and how it is that Jesus saves them. So tonight we'll go on to talk about starting well to finish well. And I'm picking up with this verse. Whoever claims to live in Jesus must in fact walk as he did. That's pretty powerful stuff. Whoever claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. We, we don't pay enough attention to that verse. So we're going to talk about that tonight because I'm going to show you how Jesus walked. And it will be brief, but I hope sufficient enough to be clear. So how did Jesus walk? I mean, what was he really like? Well, we know that he walked on water. <laughs> but, but that was really fruit. That was the effect, not the cause. We know that he healed people. Big deal. Huge. But that was fruit. That was the effect, not the cause. We know that he was holy. What was Christ like? He was really holy. His words were God's words. His acts were God's acts. He was holy in everything he did. And he calls us to be holy in everything we do. But that, too, is fruit. Tonight I want to talk partly about the root. There's deeper, more basic root, but I don't have time to talk about that. But I want to go to a very core reality of how Jesus lived his life. So here we go. Here it comes. Jesus did nothing apart from the Father. Jesus did, everybody with me? Nothing apart from the Father. Jesus didn't say anything or do anything when he was the leader. And the Father had to follow him by the Spirit. Jesus never did that. Jesus always talked. See, the Son can do nothing by himself. That doesn't mean he didn't have the ability to put his hand in a bowl of rice and feed himself. No, what that means is the Son, by an act of his will, would not let himself treat Father as if Father wasn't there or didn't matter. Father is always with me, Jesus said. And I only do what he shows me to do. So all of the things that you see Jesus doing come because he had a conversation with Father at some time or another. That's how Jesus walked. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the Father doing. Jesus was always dependent on the Father. He was never independent. He emptied himself of his prerogatives of God, and he was tempted in all ways. He came all the way to us, but he showed us how to live. He was always dependent, never independent. Independence is the essence of sin. Independence says, I'll do my thing independently of God. God doesn't matter. He's not important. I'll do my own thing. Jesus never did that. Jesus always, always did what the Father showed him to do. Which means there was a lot of relationship. I'm going back to this morning. All right. Jesus always adjusted. And we know there are times when Jesus thought things. He was tempted. He had thoughts that were not the Father's thoughts. But Jesus, <coughs> before he made a judgment or an act or a word. So the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the Father do. That's how Jesus lived. And we're to walk as he walked. So Jesus' disciples' wills are set to this way of life. Jesus' disciples are his followers. Come to me, learn to me, follow me. So Jesus' disciples' wills are set to live as Jesus lived. Are we good at it? Well, I'm not. Getting better. If I get to be 140 and my mind doesn't give out anymore, then it, and I mean it doesn't give out. See? But, but we're, our, we're his disciples. So, so he says, follow me. And when we follow him, we see him following the Father. It's all about relationship, see? So, Jesus did nothing apart from the Father. Jesus said nothing apart from the Father. Really? Yeah. He said, I do nothing on my own. I do nothing on my own. I do nothing by myself as if I were Lord or 
I'm the king. I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. And we all know Jesus was Lord. He is Lord. But as Lord, he subordinated himself to the Father. He was the second person of the Trinity. He always came in second because he always followed the Father. I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father's taught me. Everything Jesus says, it's because he was led by the Spirit. Whether, whether he got it in the moment, or whether he got it early in the morning, or whether he got it a month ago, or in synagogue, doesn't matter. Jesus had a zip on his lips until the Father told him to speak. Thus, we practice his presence in our group training processes. Because this is hard. Because we all are pretty good at talking. Have you noticed? Yeah, we, we're pretty good. And, and see, Jesus said, I, I don't do anything on my own, but I speak only or just what the Father has given me to say. Different translation. That's how Jesus lived. <laughs> you you want to know why he called it a narrow way? It is. That's what we signed up for, right? We, we, that's what we needed to sign up for because that's what the Christian life is, is following Jesus. Yeah. So I do nothing. And he said, he'll save us. So I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. Jesus' disciples' wills are set to this way of life. Do we agree? Yeah, yeah but that's a narrow way. Uh-huh. Jesus told us. But it'll save us. And then, this is really some. Jesus didn't even make any judgments. When Jesus was by himself, and much of the time he was by himself, he spent focused on the Father in prayer, and that's why he was able to live this way. But when Jesus was by himself, there were some times he wasn't formally praying. He was just walking from here to there, but he still had thoughts all the time. Thoughts were coming, thoughts were coming. And when Jesus was by himself, he had thoughts. He was even tempted. He was attacked by evil, but... He didn't make any judgments. He didn't come to any conclusions independently of the Father. He didn't see people. He didn't see situations and come to a judgment. He had thoughts, but he always brought them to the Father. By myself, I can do nothing. I won't let myself do anything on my own. I judge only as I hear. He brought every thought captive into obedience to his Father. He, that's how Jesus lived his life. And if Jesus... <laughs> If that's how he lived, how much more do we need to have God be that important, that prominent, that significant in our lives? You say, man, i got to go to work and i got to do all these things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have very effectively, deceptively squeezed God to a very, very low level of presence. We haven't meant to, but we got to be honest. Jesus talked to his father all day long. Lots of thoughts, but he never come to any conclusions on his own. Every judgment he made was with the father. Father, what do you think? He brought it to the father. Always, always practicing the presence of his father. So that's how Jesus lived his life. What do you think? Sound easy? Does anybody else here have bad habits like I do? Doing things, saying things, making judgments without checking. I'm, I signed up to be a follower of Jesus, but I think I'll lead on this one. We're so used to doing it, we don't realize we do it. That's why, with great passion this morning, I said, there has to be a few people who sign up for biblical Christianity, understand what it is, and they understand that they need to be coached, and they gather together, remind each other of what we're committed to, and, and talk about how we're doing, commit to it again and again, pray for each other, report the progress we're making, and do it over and over until we unlearn the bad habits and learn the good habits. Instead of living singly, we live as married people to Jesus. And, and it, it just takes work. Now, I, I guess... I don't mind saying that because I, I don't mind work. Some people do, so I get to get a new word. Someone give me a better word than work. Do you hear, does everybody understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Okay. That's what we're asking. Jesus, do, do you trust Jesus? 
you think he knew how to live? Do you think he came to show us how to live? This is how he lives in this much relationship with the Father. So let me push on. Jesus' disciples' wills are set to do this way of life. So I want to talk about starting well to finish well. Now, I'm going to have a little fun up here. Is that okay, Pastor? Okay. It's all right here? Okay. I'm going to have a little fun. Um, I got everything I'm going to talk about from what I've just described about Jesus. And I won't talk about what I just said routinely in this process, but I hope you remember that what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about how Jesus lived his life and how we're called to live. And so I, wanna, I want to work on this. There's an important verse of Scripture that deserves an hour. Above all else, above everything, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. So I'm going to talk about the heart. I'm going to have Debbie help me. You see, God sees the heart. Man sees the external. God sees the heart. When he made you, he gave you a heart. He made you in his image. And God doesn't have a head like ours or hands like ours, but he does have a heart like ours or we have a heart like him because in our heart, we have thoughts, we have emotions, we have desires. God has thoughts, he has emotions, he has desires. So it's the same essence of that's how we're made in the image of God. And when God made you, he gave you a very important critical component of your heart. It's sort of like the center of your heart. Some people call it spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You've all heard that. Spirit is willing. And so he said they have a willing spirit. So your will is often tied to your spirit, but God, when he made you, he gave you a spirit or a will. You've all heard about strong-willed ever since the book was written. Every, every child that's ever been born was strong-willed, right? Every parent says that. So, but, but God gave you, when you were born, he gave you a heart like his, same kind of components, and at the heart of your heart is your will. Because the will is so primary and so central, I like to think of the will as being the king. Because the will, as we've confused it, we think of a king as being a boss or a governor. But, but the best understanding of the king is that he's responsible. He's responsible, see. And so God gave you a will, and, and you, that means he gave you the ability to be responsible. You have responsibility. That's your, and your will is tied to that. So, so as you were born, God gave you a will. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to the heart, and then I'm going to try to help us see how Jesus lived. So I've invited some people to come. Actually, Pastor Brady invited them, and so I'm thankful they came. And so what I want to do is I want to introduce you to the components of your heart. So let's start here with your heart. In your heart, there's a will, and so the will is king that is responsible. So I'm happy to, to introduce you to little King Will. There's a real nice crown up here, but I kind of like this old one. This little King Will. Could you honor the king with us? We're so happy that you came. The little King Will. Let's honor the king. Come on, church. So he's here. And, and when God made you, he gave you a will. That means he made you response-able, able to respond. That's the whole life. The whole Christian life is intended to be a response to his initiative. See? So he made us response-able. And so that's little King Will, response-able. He's able to respond. He's responsible. And so here's little King Will. And let me tell you about him. He too was born at an early age. <laughs> and, and, and he had the way God made him. God gave him a whole set of advisors to help him. And, and things went pretty well for a while. But then he turned two, and it was a terrible year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it was, and, and, and his advisors were meeting, and they were working, they were talking together. And, and, but things were not going well. And, and in fact, it went from bad to worse by the time he got to middle school. You know, I mean, it was so bad that he got kicked out of middle school. I mean, he was stealing stuff. He was getting in fights. He was fighting with the teacher. He was, he was in trouble with the law. And, and, and it was so bad, so bad that his advisors one day, you know what they did? They accidentally met at Walmart, and they had a conversation, and they started talking, and he said, our life is terrible. 
And she said nothing. She just started crying. And right there in Walmart, she's just crying all over the place. You know what she did? She said, I think we ought to do something. They said, really? Yeah. Well, what do you think we ought to do? She said, I don't know, but we need to do something. Let's think about it. And so they were thinking, and she said, you know what I think? Our life is so bad. We've been meeting. We've been trying to do things. Little King Will, it's just not going well. I think we should get a new king. <laughs> they jumped. They said, you're kidding. We could, we could never get a new king. I mean, little King Will, he might, I mean, who knows? He might, we could never recommend that, that he quit being king. Who knows what he might do? He might chop our heads off. And they said, oh, but I don't know. But, but she said, well, if we keep on doing what we've been doing, we're, we're going to keep getting what we've got. And they said, we've heard that a thousand times. Said, well, yeah, but it's true. Well, what do you think? So they decided that they'd go think about it for a while and then come back and see if they had ideas. So they came back in a while and they met. And he said, you know, I got a really good idea. I've heard about a king who's good all the time. And she said, you know, that's interesting. I was thinking about a new king. And I've heard about a king that he's really smart. I mean, he knows everything. And she said, hmm. Hmm. Well, my king, I'm thinking about anything like that. My king, he's powerful. I mean, I've heard about a king who can do anything. I mean, he, he's just powerful. And they got talking to each other, and they found out they were thinking about the very same king. And they got so excited because now they had an answer until she said, well, who's going to tell little King Will? And then they got all depressed. Because nobody wants, you know. So they talked about it and talked about it and... Finally, she said, I know, you tell him. So they decided to go to their next meeting. So they came together, and little King Will, because he understands that every kingdom has enemies, so when he met with the, the components of his heart, his advisors, they all had swords, and he made them vow loyalty to him and allegiance to him. So when they had a meeting, they would all come together, and they'd all take out their swords, and they'd all put their swords on the table. Yeah, that's good. They put the... And they'd all put their swords on the table. And, and, then, and so they did that. And, and then they, in their meetings, they'd always have tea and crumpets, you know, and they'd talk a little bit. So they, they did all that. Uh, uh, but the little king will notice that they were tight. They were, they were nervous. They, they, were, they were upset. Something was wrong. And, and he, he said, well, what's going on? And he, he started talking to them, and they wouldn't talk. He said, what's wrong with you guys? What, what's up? Something's wrong. And they wouldn't talk. He said... Come on, you're my advisors. Talk to me. And they were just silent. They didn't say a word until she said, tell him. And so little King Will turned and he said, tell me, what, what's the problem here? What's going on? And, and he said, well, 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 well. He said, tell me, what's the problem? He said, well, well, they think we need a new king. And, and, and sorry, it's falling apart on me. <laughs> they, they, they uh, just reminded him, that's right, that's right, you know. So he said, they think we need a new king. And, 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 and he ducked for fear that little King Will be all upset. And, and, but, but little King Will didn't even get upset. He, he, instead of getting angry, he just dropped his head. And he said, yeah, you're right, you're right. We do need a new king. Our life is a mess. I mean, we, we in tr trouble, we can't, we've had meeting after meeting after meeting. Everything we do, it's just not working. And so that's fine. We need a new king. That's fine. I'm all over that. So I, besides, I'm sick of being king. I don't want to be king anymore. When you're king, you do a thousand things right and nobody notices. You do one thing wrong, everybody talks about it, they're mad at you. I'm sick of being king. Don't want to be king anymore. So advisors, I'm kind of glad you got a recommendation for me. So, so tell me, what, what, what's this recommendation? And he said, oh, we know a king who's good all the time. And he said, a king who's good all the time? He said, yeah. Nah, there's not a king like, oh, yeah. We've heard. And, he said, and she said, oh, yeah. And besides that, he knows everything. I mean, he's smart. And now he thought they were mocking him. Because there's never been a king who's good all the time and knows everything. And she's, oh, yeah, but wait till you hear this. He can do anything. He's powerful. And he, now he got upset. He was really, he, he was, these guys are supposed to be helping him. And he said, you're supposed to be my advisor. Help me. Now you're mocking me. You're making fun of me. And they said, no, no, no. It's really true. We have a king. And, 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 and he said, well, 
what's his name? And all together they said, well, his name is King. And he said, oh, I've heard of him. You think he can save our life? They said, we've heard he can. He said, well, what do we have to do? They said, well, we've just heard if we'll invite him into our heart that he'll save us. Will said, that's it. Just invite him into our heart. And they said, that's what we've heard. So Will said, okay, good enough. So he invited Jesus. So Jesus is sitting right here, and Jesus is going to come in. Now, Jesus has been watching. He's been there all the time. So come ahead, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here comes Jesus. So Jesus comes and sits down at the table, and little King Will <laughs> little, little King Will took a look at him and he says, uh, well, you don't look like I thought you would. <laughs> and Jesus just smiled. He, he, was, he was real nice to him. And, and, and little King Will said, well, well, my advisors tell me that if I would invite you into my heart, that, that you would save our life. And uh, Jesus said, well, I sure can. Will said, well, do you know what a mess it is? I mean, my life is really bad. I, do you think you're up to it? And Jesus said, well, I, I sure am. I can. And little King Will said, well, that's good. He said, I've been thinking about this whole thing. I'm sick of being king. I don't want to be king anymore. And I've heard you're a king, so I would like to give you this. I don't want to be king. So here you go. You can have it. You're all set now. And Jesus smiled at him, and he said, you don't know me very well, do you? And Will said, what do you mean? She said, you can't make me king. I've always been king, always will be. Lord of lords, always have been, always will be. And furthermore, I have my own crown. Thank you very much. And furthermore, I won't take your crown because I made you to be a little king. I made you to rule and reign with me throughout the eternal ages. And furthermore, I gave you responsibility. You have no choice but to make choices. And you can't get out of it. But I'll help you. So if you want, I'll explain to you what I can do to save your life. Are you interested in hearing? Okay, good. That's a real good thing. So first of all, you need to understand about me. Most people think that, that I'm this, if they invite me into their heart, I'll just fix everything. I'll go around. They'll drive downtown, and I'll move a car so they can have a parking spot. Or if they want to go golfing, I'll change the weather so they can golf. And they hear all kinds of crazy ideas about me. Now, now, I mean, I could do any of that because I'm really powerful. I could, but I usually don't. What I am is I'm mostly a servant. I made you for relationship, and I come to serve you. But the way I serve mostly is I counsel you. I teach you. I talk to you. We have relationship. And if you will listen to me, if you will trust me enough to listen to me and believe what I say so that you do it, then I'll save your life. Does that sound good? Um, we're going to get to them. Yeah, 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 pretty soon. So, but, but, but here's the deal. It's going to be work. Do, do you think that you can trust me? Everybody says they do. And, and then I come in to their heart to help them. And they say they trust me, but they never even listen to me. I mean, I'm with them all the time. And I talk to them. But they're, they're just doing all their things. So that means if you really trust me, you're going to have to listen and believe what I say. And if I tell you to do something, you're going to give yourself to it. That's your responsibility of the will. So do, do you think you can commit to that? You could try. Because could you set your will? Yeah, that's who you are. You're the will. So could you... Could you, okay, there you go. That's good. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm, okay, good. So your arm's going to tire, so thank you. All right, good. So, all right. So as long as you understand. Now, you need to know. You need to know this. When I come in, not only I could fix everything, but, but you've got a little problem. I need to talk to you right off the bat. No, 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 hang on. <laughs> you, I, I've heard you talk. I've heard you talk about your boss, and I've heard you talk about. I've heard you talk about your wife, and you're always blaming My the pastor. weather. Yeah, your pastor. I've I've heard you blaming everybody. They're not your problem. And you already pointed out, there's your problem. That's your problem. And the problem is you've been letting them call the shots. You've been letting them run the roost. You've letting them actually be the king. 
and that was your responsibility. But whatever they, you just gave in to them. And so the real problem is with you. Now, did you see that? Are you willing, willing to trust me? Perfect. That's all I need. Will you really trust me enough to try? Okay, that's good. That, I'm glad you understand that. Okay, well, there's some things you need to understand about these guys. So let, let me help you understand these guys. First of all, this one. Now, when I made you, I gave him to you, and he is such a benefit if he would just live the way I made him to. But the problem is he thinks he knows everything. Mm -mm, no, got some agreement. Oh, and, and he comes to your meetings, and you try to have a good meeting, and he won't shut up. I mean, he just talks and talks and talks and talks. He can't, in fact, at night you try to sleep, he won't shut up. He just keeps talking. You see, he's your mind, and he won't stop. He just, and you've listened to him all your life. And he thinks he's right. He's pretty persuasive. And because he shaped you originally, you just assume whatever he said was true. And now you work on from that perspective. And so here's the problem. He, he, he's in the dark. He thinks he's enlightened. But without me in your life, and I'm the light, everything he's come to has been on his own. And so it's his understanding. See, But you've listened to him. How's it working for you? Not well. Well, I'm glad you got that. Okay. So here's what we need to do. You're going to need, I mean, I need to tell you, he's not going to quit talking. I mean, till the day you die, he's going to keep talking. Now, as you get older, it'll get a little more garbled. But, but <laughs> to the day you die, he's going to keep talking. And so what you have to learn to do is just take your hands, whenever he talks, take your hands and hold them up like this and say, be nice to him you, and tell him to be still. And then I want you to learn to take every thought and I want you to learn to bring it into captivity to me. Take the thought and bring it to me and say, Jesus, I was thinking and I used to trust my thoughts, but I, I trust you now. And they might be right, but I want to find out what you think. So bring your thoughts to me and I'll be delighted because I made you for the conversation and I love it. So, so bring your thoughts to me, find out what I think, and then if what I think is different than what he thinks, Guess what your job is to do? Go, that's right. And will that be easy? No, you've been practicing this so long. But, yeah, if you'll trust me. See, you have to learn to trust in me with all your heart and to not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge me. That means know me. Come into communion or union with me. Talk with me and agree with me. In all your ways, agree with me. And I will direct your path. If you trust me, I'll make things If you do what I tell you, I'll work. I'll, I'll, I'll reward I'll, because I want to save you. Sound easy? Yeah, good. I was afraid you were going to say yes. It's very hard. You know why? Because you've been practicing listening to him your whole life. This is a big change. It's a huge change. So far so good? Okay. Can you set your will to bring your thoughts to me? Good. You, you got it. You're sharp. That's good. All right. Well, you think this guy's bad. There's this one right here. She comes to your meetings. He talks. Not her. She screams. <laughs> she pounds the table. She goes nuts. She, she drives you crazy. She just, oh, it's amazing. And you let her, she goes off the charts, and you let her boss you around. You know that. I mean, I, I, I've heard you say a thousand times, well, I think. You got it from him. But I've heard you say 10,000 times, I feel. And because you feel sad, because you feel mad, before, you, you just let that dominate your life. She's about ruined you. See? Uh -huh. And she was made to help you, not to hurt you. See, she's your emotion. And you got a, you got a ton of them. Yeah. And, and they, just, they, just, they just don't quit. And so what you're going to have to do is, is you've you got to get strong and, and not let her call the shots. Okay? And I'll help you. I'll show you in a minute. I'll help you. But, but here's how it works. He's pretty loyal to you. I mean, he tells you almost everything he thinks. But, oh, baby, he loves her. 
And everything he thinks, he tells her. And if he tells her something good, she's happy. She feels good. And if he tells her something bad, and mostly things are bad, she's sad. She's embarrassed. She's uptight. She's nervous. She's angry. And he talks to her, and off she goes. And so here's what you have to learn. She's not going to go away. You're going to have emotions till the day you die. All right? But when she goes off, be nice, but just tell her to calm down, get her to quiet down, and turn to him and say, what have you been telling her? And make him tell you because he messes her up. <laughs> it's the loudest amen I ever had on that one. He, he just, and so make him tell you what he told her because every time she goes off, it's because he's been talking to her. So grab those thoughts. And what do you do with the thought? You grab it and you drag it over to me. You say, Jesus, I was feeling terrible. I was feeling ashamed. I was feeling guilty. I was feeling condemnation. I was feeling hate. I was feeling anger. And so I knew my mind must have been talking to my emotions. So I found out what I was thinking. And here's what I was thinking about those people. Here's what I was thinking about that situation. I wonder what you think. And I'll tell you. If you come to me, I'll help you to know the truth. And I'll set you free. If you trust me enough to come to me and then change your mind from the way you were thinking that was destroying you emotionally, bring it to me, get the truth, and then I'll save you. Sound good? And let me tell you something else that's really fun. When I'm in your life, after a while, he'll be transformed by the renewing of his mind. Because he's smart. And when he listens to me, he'll he'll say, that makes sense. It'll make sense. And he'll think that. And you know what he'll do? He'll just haul off and tell her. And she'll have joy. And she'll have peace. And and all the stuff I meant you to have the whole time, it'll start happening. But you've got to be responsible to make sure that whatever you're thinking, you bring to me and find out what the truth is. And then believe me. And that'll be a fight. Sound good? Sound hard? Good. Thank you. I'm so glad you got this figured out. I wish it were easier, but you practiced so long, you just weren't paying attention to me. I was here all the time, you know, and, but you didn't listen. So, but now we have to kind of do some backup work. Well, i got to hurry here. So, so <laughs> then there's this one. Now, if I had an hour, it wouldn't be enough time to tell you about this one. <laughs> I mean, he, he thinks, and I've heard you say so often, well, I think, and that determined what you said and did. Or, I feel, and that a hundred times over, you, you gave it to that. But this one, <laughs> when, you, when you were born and you had the meetings, she, she came and she said, I, I, I want to be held. I want to be fed. I want to be changed. I want a new dress. I want everybody to love me. I want to be queen. I want a new car. I want to be president. She, see, she's your desires. And you've got a ton load of them. How many times have I heard you say, well, I want? Mm -hmm. And so I've listened to you. I've been there. I've listened. You say all the time, well, I think, I feel, I want. How's it working for you? Not so well, is it? So I'm going to quit picking on her. But but what, what you need to do is just tell her to hold on for a second. Say, okay, hang on. I know that's what you want. Hang on and say, bring it to me and say, Jesus. I was wanting this, but I wonder what you think about that. And I wonder what you want. If you bring it to me and listen and find out what I think and want and then trust me enough to do what I think and what I want, I promise you it will work because it's truth and I'll help you. I will literally. I I mean, I'm not going to change. I I could change the weather. I could change everything. But I want to change you from the heart out. So no matter what the storm is on the outside, you on the inside can have the truth that makes you vibrant and alive and full of faith and joy. Right in the midst of your storm, you can walk on water. I mean, I'll make you a new creature. I mean, I'll transform your life if you trust me. And if you keep listening to them but not paying attention to me, don't say you trust me. You're kidding yourself. Now, you're going to mess up. You're going to drop your marbles a lot because you've got a habit of listening to them. But set your will, and I'll help you, and we'll make progress. We'll get better and better. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Most of us haven't learned how to even guard our own hearts. It's a lot of work. Let, let, me, let me talk a little bit further. There are other 
factors in your heart. There are people. Have you ever said, well, what do they think? I mean, how much of your life is determined by what would they think? Well, what do they want? And, and they get into your heart because your mind and your desires and your emotions drag them right around your table. And, and you can't let what people think or want govern you because then they'd be God. See, now you're sensitive and you care, but, but they aren't to be governmental in your life. There's one king in your life. His name is Jesus. See, but, but they'll come and get around your table. And then there's a the worst enemy. I need an hour to talk about this one. Demonic influence. There is a liar. There is a deceiver. He attacks your mind. He deceives you. He seduces you. He makes you things look that are miserable look good. And he, he seduces you away from your first pure love. And so there, there's a real war going on. And, and we have to be very, very responsible. Each of those deserve a lot of time. Let me push on and just finish up real quickly here. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. How many agree? No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Well, who's in Christ? Well, once upon a time, little King Will was not in Christ because Christ was not in him. See? He was, when you're in Christ, you're forgiven and Christ comes in. Well, Jesus was not in his life. But then, not because he was good and not because his heart was all that good, but because he heard the truth about Jesus and decided to put his faith in Jesus and invited Jesus to come into his heart, that repentance enables Jesus to come in, and it's called faith in Jesus, and there is no condemnation for those who actually have faith in Jesus. He's a real person. He's not dead. He's alive, and he lives in your heart. And those who actually have faith in him, hey, you're going to drop your marbles lots of times, but, but those who have faith in him, there's no condemnation. You're far from perfect. You still have thoughts and emotions and desires, and they run the show a lot of times, but you hate it. But you learn to confess it, and you learn to celebrate it, and you learn, you, you learn to correct. See, it, 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 but it's a process that we have to learn. So, so there is no condemnation, and we're really thankful because if there were, we'd be condemned. But it's not about performance. It's not about law. Everybody clear? You're saved by grace through faith. We made a big deal of the grace. Maybe we haven't made clear about what the faith is. So, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And he, Jesus, condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law could be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. Now, I've talked a lot tonight. What I'm going to say next might be the most important thing I say. Try to hear this. How do broken, proud Beaten, battered, arrogant, confused, life-destroyed pagans live. How do lost people live? Let me show you how they live. Watch it. They do exactly what they think. Right? They do what they want. They do what they, I'm sorry, they do what they feel. And they do what they want. That's how lost people live. And it's killing them. See? But not us. Huh. No way. We've repented of our thoughts and our emotions and our desires being God. We've repented of that. We hate it. We don't want it. We're not very good at it early on, but we don't want that. We don't want to live like a lost person does because we walk by faith in Jesus. So we don't walk by the flesh. We, we, do, we do not walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit, Christ in us. The hope of glory. Not the guarantee of glory. Not the guarantee of the manifest demonstration of God's life and power. But the hope, the possibility. He comes in to make victory absolutely possible. But not inevitable. Because he doesn't force you. He calls you and he wins you and he woos you. He says, come on, don't, don't, don't. And, but they're powerful. They've been running the show for a long time. So he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. Which means we have thoughts, we bring them to Jesus. And we do what he thinks. We have emotions, we bring them to our mind to check that out, and we bring it to Jesus. And we, walk, we do what Jesus says. See, 
We don't walk according to the flesh anymore. Jesus was the Word who became flesh, right? But Jesus' thoughts and emotions and desires never rule because He brought them all to the Father and did only what the Father wanted. And so Jesus demonstrated how to live the Christian life in victory. He'll enable us to walk on water. I'm serious. He'll do things that you never dreamed when he sees that you actually trust him. When he knows that you're listening to him and you're learning to let him lead instead of you continuing to lead even though you said, come in Jesus and be the leader of my life. We speak double speak. We don't mean to. We're not bad people, but we're just people with bad habits. You understand the big difference? We've repented. We intend to do the right thing. But we've got a lot of drag. And, and I am persuaded that by and large, most people won't Hearing a sermon isn't enough. We need a cadre of persons who understand and agree to this and are committed to walking by the Spirit, no longer by the flesh. Because it's so easy to do what I think and what I feel and what I want. Everybody clear? <laughs> we have this deal. So, someone comes to the church. They become a Christian. They say, well, pastor... I think we need a new carpet. You know what the pastor says? Who cares? Because that's not how we live around here. We're weird. We're different. We march to the beat of a different drummer. Our faith is in Jesus. So what you think or what you feel or what you want, if we give into that, we're just teaching you to live the way lost people live. So we can't reinforce your problem. We have to have somehow a culture. And I was joking when I said who cares. You didn't laugh. Did you understand I was joking? My wife tells me when I'm, well, anyhow, uh, I didn't say who cares, but I probably thought it, and they probably knew it. But, but our job as a church is to quit doing what we think and quit doing what we want. Our job as a church is to say, Jesus, what do you think and what do you want? We have to be a unique community who agrees that Jesus is Lord and we are not. We've changed kings. We entered a new kingdom. And so we need help to walk a different way. And that's why we come together to help each other live differently than lost people live. Because it's killing them and we want to have life. See? Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Jesus will save our lives. If you're living according to the flesh, you must die. You know what that means in pretty much plain English? It'll kill you. Sooner or later, if you keep letting... What you think and what you feel and what you want rule. If it, if it doesn't kill you in this life, it'll make Jesus say to you on the day of judgment, I do not know you. We are not one. That's what that word means. You didn't bring your thoughts, emotions, desires to me. So we did not become one. I don't know you. It's a terribly devastating issue. We have to come to grips with it. Don't be, don't be devastated. Just think and, and, and contemplate and say, is it true? Does the Spirit of God actually dwell in me? Is He to be the leader? Am I to be led by the Spirit or am I to lead the Holy Spirit? Just work on it. Think about it. If you're living according to the flesh, it'll kill you. But if by the Spirit who gives truth and as you believe and obey, then empowers, if by the Spirit you, there's responsibility, there's marriage, you put to death the deeds of the body, not the body, you're going to have a body, but you put to death the deeds, the activity, the fruit. You put to death the deeds of the body, you'll have the life, the abundant life Jesus promised and wants desperately for you. Do you believe it? I'm so sorry that so much of the church still walks by the flesh. It's killing them. It's killing our reputation. It's devastating to God who dwells in us, like I communicated, I think, this morning. And we don't, we treat him as if he's not there or he doesn't matter. But Debbie and I, we talk together about things before we do something. She'd like me to talk with her before I say things. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> True. <laughs> Never said that before. That probably was, uh, that was probably of the Spirit. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How many believe it? Do you believe it? Not many of us. Nobody raised their hand, only two. How many believe it? More of you. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, we'll get it. Let's go ahead here. 
For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are children of God. I put the word children in there. Is that all right? All who are being led. Uh, probably many of you came to Jesus long ago, years ago, certainly months ago. And that's good. We need a good start. But today is the day of salvation. It's not what you did then, though what you did then shapes today. But today is the day. You are being led by something or someone all the time. Those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are children of God. These have relationship with God. These who are unwilling to be led by the Spirit of God are lost. Those who are willing, but very undisciplined, uncoached, immature, they're just having a mess in their life, and someone needs to put their arms around them and say, let me help you learn how to deal with your thoughts and your emotions and your desires. You need to learn to bring them. We need to work on your heart. People need to be trained. They need to be discipled to guard their hearts. And we haven't been. So we preach sermons. It's not enough. I like sermons. I preach long ones and loud ones. But it's not enough. I need help. I need a cadre. As I was growing up in the church, I always knew in just a few moments something that I was with, that Jesus was really important to him. I could tell by the way they talked. And I loved him because he was important to me. Brought us together and we had fellowship around Jesus. Not around football, not around sport, but around Jesus. The church is so important. We really need each other. But we got to be the real thing. We need some parents of the church. We need fathers and mothers who understand these things and have walked it in themselves to help others. Those who are being led. Today is the day of salvation. Today, Jesus is present. Is he leading or are you leading? And you say, man, that's rough. Well, God knows. Repent of it. Say, Lord, i got lots of bad habits but I hadn't thought about this before. I'm leading most of the time. I hate it. I'm sorry. I repent. And he says, good, perfect. I can work with that. And we'll make progress. But if you really repented, you'll probably seek some help. Because if you really repented, it means I, I want to do whatever Jesus says. And he says, if I'm being led by the Spirit, I'm, most of the time I'm being led by the flesh, I better get help. What I'm doing now isn't enough. And is Jesus worth spending some time working with him and a few of his people to get better? Just for your own life, to say nothing of the lives of those around you. Those who are being led by the Spirit, these are the people that are in right relationship with God. It's a heavy word. It's a heavy word. Can we forward this? We take captive every... Uh, went just a little bit too far. We take captive every thought to bring it in obedience to Christ. Can you pull it back? Good. Thank you. Someone's working on it. Someone's working on it. Do you all know that verse, 2 Corinthians 10? There it is. Good. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you know how many thoughts you've had so far today? About 80,000, if the psychologists are right. By the time you go to bed, about 80,000. That's a lot of thoughts. This guy is aggressive. 80,000 times he puts thoughts into your will. Now here's the real question. How many times do you have a thought and you grab it, take it captive, and say, Jesus, I had this thought. Is that from you? Or is that just my carnal mind? Well, that's a lot of relationship. Uh-huh. That's why Jesus died for you, for relationship. True? See? So, this is huge. It's Paul's way of saying, Jesus in us is really important. Don't treat him as if he's not. Could we agree? If, if, if God, actually the God of the universe, took residence in your life, would you think that's a big deal? If he promised to talk to you? If he promised to bring you a hundred out of 80,000 or a thousand out of 80,000, would it be worth listening to? Paying attention to? Is he worth it? Does he deserve it? Do you need it? See, I need Jesus desperately. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You can't kid God. Don't you be kidding. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. 
whoever sows to please their flesh. Not whoever has flesh, but whoever lets what these guys say and want. Whoever lets that govern. They'll reap destruction. Have you seen enough destruction around you that you hate it? See, but it all happens because of a misguided heart. Everything about the heart is what matters. God sees the heart. Take care of the heart, we'll take care of the rest. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, whoever listens to the Holy Spirit and then acts according to the Spirit, they will reap eternal life, which is abundant life, which starts with every act of obedience. Jesus will save you. Really. You're saying, well, I'm doing pretty well. Well, good. I'm really glad. I'm thankful. And, and probably many, most of you are. But oh, oh, all that could have been when we see from God's perspective, how to use time. Jesus, how do you want to use tonight? How do you want to use these dollars? How do you want to use these words? Jesus, what, see, if we could only see what God could do through any and every one of us, we would say, oh, Jesus, I must abide in you. So I bear much fruit, because apart from you, I can do nothing. Amen? Dear friends, thank you. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Jesus. Probably every one of us here authentically love you. We, and we want to please you. Perhaps many of us need more help than we're getting. I trust you to speak to each person's particular needs. Let them be honest and open before you. About what you are saying to them tonight. the Lord has said to you tonight? Has he said, hey, you've got this all figured out. You're doing fine. Or has the Spirit said, that, that's really not important. Don't worry about it. Or did the Spirit say, here's an area we need to work on. Whatever the Lord said to you, would you respond to him? Thank you, dear friends. What a joy to be with you. Pastor?